On today's episode of the Ink and Impact podcast, I speak with author Jennifer Hand, whose most recent book is My Yes is on the Table. Jen founded Coming Alive Ministries in 2012 and loves the honor of traveling nationally and internationally, providing the invitation to come alive in Christ through conferences, retreats, written resources, and counseling. Jen has had the joy of serving in over 30 countries and speaking at around 40 events a year. With her master's degree in trauma counseling, God has opened a unique door for Jen to respond after natural disasters around the world, providing trauma counseling and the hope of Christ on the holy ground of suffering. Today, we're specifically talking about what it was like for her to say yes to writing a book and the different things that she experienced through her author journey that many of us fellow writers can relate to. I think that you'll be really encouraged by all that she has to share. I know I was. We discuss all of the not-so-fun things like fear and sacrifice, but throughout it all, she brings it back to saying yes to God and putting your yes on the table to the message He has placed on your heart. So listen in. Welcome to Ink and Impact, the podcast for Christian writers who want to impact their readers. I'm your host, Daylene Bickle, and each week I'll help you keep a pulse on the publishing industry, showcase Christian authors and their books, and share ways you can improve your craft and magnify your message. Whether you're a fiction or nonfiction writer, traditionally or indie published, established or just starting out, this podcast is for you. Welcome back to another episode of the Ink and Impact podcast. And can I just tell you how excited I am to have Jen Hand here as the guest on today's episode. So thrilled to have you. I've gotten to know you a little bit from the Inkwell writing sessions that I've been hosting. But yeah, so I wanted to just dive in and get to know you a little bit better and let our listeners get to know you as well. And I know you're going to provide some encouragement too for our writers. So you are the director of a nonprofit organization, and that is called Coming Alive Ministries. Is that correct? That's correct. Good job. Yes. Yeah. So so tell me a little bit about you know, what made you start that ministry. Well, it's such an honor to be here, Daylene, and I love you and your ministry Aww. and your podcast. I listen to it. It's your spirit is so encouraging. So Aww, what an honor to you. be with you. And coming alive ministries started, I you know how you have this yes that you think you're saying to God and it's like the one and done. And mine was, I'm going to be a missionary. I'm going to live in Nepal. I am going to, I sold everything. I didn't really have anything. It was after college, you know, but that sounds dramatic. And went and lived in Nepal as a missionary. And I thought I'm going to live and die there. But while there, God began to say, I don't have just one place or people for you. And interestingly enough, that whole time I had a dream, a secret or maybe not so secret dream since I was like eight years old to teach the Bible and to write about the Bible. And then, so I came home from Nepal, not really sure what God had for me and started the ministry coming alive ministries to provide an invitation for people to come alive in Christ if they don't know him and then live fully alive in Christ. And I do a mixture of counseling, trauma counseling after natural disasters and war, which takes me around the world and writing and speaking. So the dreams I had when I was eight, I'm getting to live out now. Yes. And not eight anymore. <laughs> a little bit older. <laughs> eight at heart, but 41 in body. <laughs> um, so did God give you, like, did he impress on your heart, like that whole theme of coming alive? He did. I came 
from living in Nepal where people were worshiping dead gods all around me, idols that could not speak back to them, couldn't have a relationship with them. And then I came back to the Bible Belt of the South and was speaking at churches and finding that people said they knew the living God, but they were just as dead inside as the people that were worshiping the not living gods. And it was so convicting to me. First, Jen, you need to live a life in such a way that people want to know the God that's alive in you. And then let's call people to live and come alive in Christ. So the other people want to know we have a God who's alive. He's alive. And that's, so that's where coming alive started. I love that. And I didn't get a, a calling, I would say, you know, that early in life. Mine's more recent, but he has just placed on my heart the impression to call his writers mm. to be bold, to share the gospel message, but also to encourage other believers, right? And it's similar along those lines. And for me, it was walking into a bookstore and just seeing all the 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 death that is just front and center mm -hmm. on all the end caps right mm -hmm. and it's not hope and life that is being promoted in bookstores and that's where we as writers have this opportunity to step out as christians and meet that goal mm -hmm. so i just love, I love that. that and i love your ministry because the enemy is always trying to silence us and discourage and defeat and so but we have a calling. And I love that you're encouraging writers to say yes and to stay steadfast in their calling no matter what and yes. let God's light pierce the darkness because we have him, his hope that we shouldn't keep inside, you know? That's right. But, you know, it's easy to say that. But then once you start putting it together, I'm sure when you started your ministry that it wasn't all rainbows and roses along the way, right? Oh yeah. All the time. It's that fear of failure. I mean, my book is, the subtitle is Moving from Fear to Faith. Well, I can answer the question. I want to say yes to God, but I'm afraid of, in my writing, failure, rejection, hard work. <laughs> sometimes I just really would like to not have to do the hard work sometimes, you know. I can list many fears that I'm sure the listeners have struggled with as well. And that's where it sounds so easy to say yes, but fear can stop us. And that's where... Just, I have begun the journey and will constantly be learning, okay, how can, instead of fear paralyzing me, how can faith propel me? Mm. And and the first step is acknowledging I'm afraid, because if we don't acknowledge that, then we aren't running to God with our fears. We're just trying to stuff them with other things. That's and true. so I think that has been a key for me is to learn, yeah, I, I've got some fears here and what am I going to do with them? Right, right. So I know you've mentioned your latest book, My Yes is on the Table, and I'm going to talk more about that with you in just a few minutes, but I didn't realize how many other books you have written. You have like six other books out there. Yes. Are they primarily devotionals or are they mm -hmm. a mixture of devotionals and self-help type things? Tell us a little bit about that. So they're devotionals. And then I have okay. two that are chapter books. One that I hardly ever talk about. It's called Dateless, Not Dead, Living Fully Alive in the Single Life. And the other one is Confessions of a Coffee Cup Collector. And it's just stories of my adventures of faith. I love the rest titles. are devotionals. And here's what I want to encourage the listeners with that. So I had a dream to traditionally publish a book. And I believe God planted that dream in me and told me to keep going. So for 11 years, I did all the things to pursue that. I learned at conferences. I was constantly learning. I had no idea what I was doing when I took my first book proposal and met someone at a writer's conference. 
no idea. And I just kept learning, kept trying, kept for 11 years getting no, but believe in God for the dream of yes. But in the meantime, I learned that just because you're in a waiting for one dream doesn't mean you can't work behind the scenes <laughs> and let God show up in another dream. And so while I was waiting, I kept working and self-publishing these books. And so that is the story of six of my books are self-published. And then in 2020, I was offered a book contract with Moody Publishing. And here's the thing. All of them were just obedience to God because I believed he had a message and my heart was for people to not just, I, I'm a speaker who writes and my heart was for people to not just leave a conference having heard a message from me, but leave and interact with the God who speaks to them. Oh, oh, that's good. And, and that is so encouraging for many of us because some people are thinking, well, I have to self-publish because I got turned down, you know, it's no, or they'll never accept me and not even try to submit a pitch or anything. So I love that you did that, that self-publishing then led to traditional publishing. And I know others who have traditionally published first and then later self-published. Yes. And there is no right or wrong. It's all dependent on what God leads you to, mm -hmm. you know, and to seek what his goal is for you. That is so good. And to encourage your listeners, I think sometimes we think one is lesser than the other, but when God is doing the work, it's his. And oh my, I have learned so much about myself and the pressures of publishing and the pressures of numbers and platforms and how we can easily get sucked into that. And, you know, after I released this book, the first thing people asked me was how many books have you sold? It's so fascinating. And I just would shrink back from that answer. One, I didn't know. And two, I automatically felt like my answer would not be enough. Mm -hmm. And God showed me one day in the, after really struggling through that, he said, I want you to answer back to them. You know what? I, I don't know how many books I've sold, but I know that it's, this book has changed a life and it was mine. Ooh, yeah, that, that right there. That's a good word. <laughs> well, I had to learn it through the, the struggles of, I don't feel like enough, you know? Yeah. So you said you're a speaker turned writer. And I have a feeling there are several other listeners out there in the same way. So did you come to writing a book with a fear of not being good enough of a writer? Yes, 100%. Because okay. I am not into the commas, the details. I mean, I enjoy conveying the message of truth and being myself in a book and asking God to show up. I took all the English classes and all the things, but I just don't really major in details. Yeah. But, you know, I think that's very true of not just speakers. I have a college degree in English, but not in creative writing. So as mm -hmm. I'm writing a novel, there's that doubt of, oh, you're not good enough. You didn't mm -hmm. study creative writing. You don't know how to write the plot twists and all that kind of stuff. But that's the enemy, right? Mm -hmm. If God has called us to write these books, he will provide and enable us to be ourselves, right? And that's what really sells a book, especially in the nonfiction world. Mm -hmm. People want to hear you and your mm -hmm. voice, and they want to hear the truth that God has given you and laid on your heart. And so whatever those stories are, whatever those messages are, to just be faithful in sharing mm -hmm. those and not let fear rule us. Like you said, there are so many different fears that mm -hmm. we as writers write. And so the next fear that I hear a lot of from writers is the fear of promoting their book, especially <laughs> yes. as Christian writers, because they're afraid some of them might think that promoting themselves is wrong. 
And that's where I am like, well, yes, promoting yourself is wrong, but promoting the message is not, mm -hmm. right? Would you agree? I That was the thing I was thinking as you were talking about the fear of not being good enough. I'm like, the next fear is the marketing and all the details that come with that and the what will people think and should I shrink back? And it is a constant balance because then there's the fear. What if I get too proud of myself and, you know, it becomes all about me and just finding that balance of surrender. Okay, Lord, you gave me this message. I have to tell myself that all the time. What do you want to do with it? Here is my hands, my mouth, <laughs> my ears, my eyes. Here it is. Now you show me how you want me to share it. And the truth is, if I really believe in it from the Lord, then I have to tell people about it. Yeah. Otherwise, they're not going to know. And it's amazing how many times you have to tell people about it. <laughs> Even your closest people. Just don't give up. Don't give up because it's worth it for the lives that are changed because you've moved past that fear and just said, it's just like it says in Matthew, Jesus is talking about don't hide your light. Don't, you know, put it on a hill. You're a city on a hill. And if your message is hope and something God has given you, then you can't hide it. Yes. Now, this is easier said than done. I have of to give course. myself pep talks from the truth. Same the here. Next week, I celebrate the one year anniversary of my yeses on the table coming out. And I've just been doing a lot of soul searching. And because I've learned a lot through this too, about the difference between expectancy of what God will do and my own expectations mm. because my own expectations leave me disappointed my expectation of what God can do is very different and I'm learning that along the way and we can lean confidently in that and that's what I think a lot of writers are missing especially first-time writers is confidence and Again, not in ourselves, but in Christ. Mm -hmm. right? it, it's not wrong to be confident in the message that you're sharing. Mm -hmm. It is not wrong to promote that book that God has laid on your heart. It is what readers are waiting for, what they need to hear. And so we need to be faithful and obedient to step out mm -hmm. and put that book out there and to speak it, right? When we speak God's word, powerful things happen. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, he says his word does not return void. Exactly. So I just want to encourage everyone listening to, you know, if that's something that you're struggling with, just rely on what God is telling you to take it to prayer mm -hmm. and just follow in obedience what he is sharing with you. And but yeah, it is not easy mm -hmm. and it is a constant, I, I think like the tightrope mm -hmm. rockers, you know, you're constantly having to balance. Oh, because it's so easy. It's so easy for me especially for me to get, you know, sucked into all of it on social media. Mm. It's so, so easy, but to just always stay in God's word. You know, I, I try to stay in his word daily and, and just be attuned to him. Yes. Um, you have to like ground yourself in truth mm -hmm. because it is a war raging out there, a spiritual battle. And the enemy wants to silence you. He wants you to shrink back. And he doesn't want those books out there. No, he doesn't. And I go back to Hebrews. It says in Hebrews 11, I believe, do not throw away your confidence mm. for it is of great reward. The righteous will walk by faith. Do not shrink back. And that I have to go back to over and over again, because it's so easy to want to shrink back from marketing or shrink back from typing the words because you're scared. But I want to be one who says, do not throw away your confidence. Do not. And yeah. so I have to, if I'm going to do that, I have to really ground myself in truth. Absolutely. And, you know, our books 
can make a true impact on our readers. Hence the name of this podcast, right? Ink and Impact. So I always like to ask my guests, what was a book that impacted you in your life? So what's one that impacted you, Jen? It's so fun because I'm a podcaster. So I get like all the current books get sent mailed to my house and I get to read them. It's so fun. I had no idea God would let me do that. And I get to interview these authors. So there are so many books I could pick from now that are impacting me. I am choosing this really old book. It's called Come Away, My Beloved. This is the old version of it that someone got me from a used bookstore, but it's updated now. This is from 1970, <laughs> but it's just a book of devotional poems. And it is, I'm not a poet and I don't normally read poetry, but it has been a thing that connects my heart in my devotional time. It's based on scripture and I just flip it open and read one. And it's just been a sweet way for the Lord to speak to me over the years. So I love that. And he uses poetry in the Bible. So yeah. you don't see a lot of poetry, especially yeah. in Christian books. Even if you feel like, oh, but my thing is different than most people's thing. God wants to use your thing. <laughs> it's okay to stand out and be mm -hmm. different. So, so the author is Francis J. Roberts. I don't know if that's male, female. Assuming we've overcome one aspect of fear and we're making those forward motions, those forward motions also require sacrifice, don't they? Mm. And so I'm wondering, with your latest book, My Yes is on the Table, you have a thriving ministry. You're traveling a lot with the trauma counseling. What kind of sacrifice did it take for you to write that book? Well, I'll be honest, the writing of the book was so fun. Mm. The pre-release and post-release were the sacrifice Okay. for me. All the details, I am not a detail person. I am learning to be better. But there's so many details that go into marketing a book too. I mean, just pages and pages and pages of details. So for me, it was just really having to focus in on that. And then I released my book and then God said, now go live it, which I already had been living it. But I mean, literally right after I released my book, I was called to go to the middle of the war in Ukraine and offer trauma counseling in the middle of an active war. And my book is all about saying yes to God, no matter what he asks you to, where he calls you. And this is what I want to encourage you writers, like God is going to ask you to live out what you write about. <laughs> and so for me, that, I mean, I already thought I was living with my yes on the table. And then this past year, since that book released, God has called me to things that I never would have dreamed, like going to an active war and traveling to Turkey to do earthquake relief and just the things God has said, okay, now I want you to demonstrate that you believe this, that you're going to live with your yes. It has been an amazing adventure, wild one. And I think for me, I've learned you have to really believe what you write about. And that's where a lot of the confidence comes from too. Mm -hmm. That's when you can stand firm on what you're writing about. Yeah. So I, with your book, My Yes is on the Table, and you specifically address fear in there. And I love how you share about turning fear stops into faith steps. That's so clever. I love that. What are some, do you have one or two tips that you could share for writers of how they can overcome their fear or step into that sacrificial role that they find themselves in? Yes, I think it, it goes with, I mean, the book is not specifically written for writers, but it goes through the chapters of Joshua. And as you take each chapter of Joshua, they're going into the promised land and opening, they're standing on the edge. And then you find them, they have to take that first step into the Jordan River. The priests go first, the people follow, and then the water parts and they get into the promised land. And I believe the promised land is obedience. So for writers, 
if God has called you to be a writer, then the promised land is writing. (laughs) And so I would encourage you first, you got to run to God with the fear, just like God told Joshua, be strong and courageous. And then he said, for I am with you. Well, if we're not acknowledging the fear, we're missing the I am with you part. Because when we run to God with the fear, then he meets us there. And then like the priest, you got to risk and take that first step. So type the words, (laughs) make the outline, tell someone you're writing a book, take that brave first step, which leads to another step, which leads to another step. And then the thing I noticed is once they got in the promised land, they weren't done. It wasn't like they walked in and they were done. At one point, they settled all of the northern parts or the southern. I I think the southern was done and they needed to move north. And God says, how long will you put off taking on what I have promised you? That's Jen's version. You can read it in Joshua. And that's why I want to encourage you writers is just because you've taken that first step doesn't mean you stop. Because sometimes we're like, oh, I did that part. Okay, ask God, what is the next part of your promised land? And sometimes that is being the marketing journey where to the point of you're like, no one wants to hear about my book again and keep saying, yes, I'm going to talk about it, you know, Mm -hmm. and you will know what it is. So my encouragement is take that step and then say, okay, what is the next step and the next and keep going. Don't give up. Yes, I agree. God is so good and he has a purpose for us, which isn't necessarily just one plan right? Mm-hmm. There might be, like you said, multiple steps. And when you were sharing that about Joshua and the priests being the first one to step into the water, I had an, a podcast episode previously. I honestly don't remember the, the episode number right now offhand about writers being leaders. Mm-hmm. And we need to be willing to step first and share our story so that we can help those others behind us, our readers, That's through right. whatever they're going through, right? But so, what was cool about that is the priests were actually told to follow the Ark of the Covenant and the Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of God. So as a writer, you're actually not stepping in first because God's already gone before you. Excellent. You're just following him, which is so encouraging to me. I don't know about you, but I'm like, okay, I'll just follow the presence of God because when I do it myself, I'm going to sink. That's right. (laughs) But it reminds me of Peter though. He stepped out into the water and then he had the moment where he did sink and Jesus like, look back at me. And so if you are in that sinking stage, it doesn't mean you have to get out of the water. It just means look back at him. Look, find his eyes again. Look at Jesus again. Refocus. And then he told Peter, take courage. And that's what I want to say to you writers. If you want to give up, take courage. Take courage. Yes. Thank you for correcting me on that. Absolutely. God should go first. But yeah, that is so, such a good word. Such a good word. So we've shared a lot of great stuff. And I think that you're such a great encourager. How can people touch base with you? Because I have a feeling a lot of people are going to want to follow you and get their hands on a copy of my yeses on the table book. So how can they do that? Well, thank you. I would love to keep up with my new friends. Any writer friends are, we're all like family, right? Yes, uh, we, we need are. to be cheering each other on. So you can find me at comingaliveministries.com. My website's being redone currently. So I don't know when this is coming out, but maybe you'll get to see the new version. I don't know. And then on Instagram, I'm coming alive, Jen, or on Facebook, Jennifer Hand. And that's with two ends, Jennifer, correct? Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining me. And I, yeah, I hope we can meet in person sometime. That would be fantastic. I would love that. And I'm so excited about what you're doing with your ministry and the podcast and the collective. It's just such a gift. I've been out of the country lately, but I loved writing with you. Just a delight.
Thank you. The highlight of my week is getting to write with all of you as well. So thank you again. Thank you for having me. This episode is sponsored by the Inkwell Collective, my new membership community for Christian writers. Are you tired of writing alone? Do you wish you had another writer to bounce ideas off of? Would you like to gain access to regular live chats where you can ask your writing, publishing, marketing questions, and get real-time answers? Have you ever thought it would be nice to join a Christian writing group that also discusses faith issues and offers regular prayer? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then the Inkwell Collective is for you. The incredibly affordable membership of only $12.99 a month grants you access to weekly virtual co-writing sessions, a monthly Q&A craft chat, and 24-7 access to a wonderfully supportive and informative group of fellow Christian writers. Take a tour and sign up at subscribepage.com forward slash inkwell collective. Did you like today's episode? I hope that you are as encouraged by Jen as I was, and I would love to hear your feedback, not only about this episode, but any of the episodes that you have listened to. I also welcome your suggestions about future topics, and if you would like to be a guest on the show, I welcome your pitch as well. I have a Google form that I ask guests to complete so that I can review them, and I will put a link to that in the uh, transcripts for this episode on the website at inkandimpact.com. But also, you can just reach out to me and let me know your thoughts about the podcast by emailing me at info, I-N-F-O, at inkandimpact.com, or you can DM me on Instagram at Daylene Bickle. I look forward to hearing from you. That's it for today, fellow pen pusher. Remember, don't just write a book, make an impact.